What's up, what's up everyone? Welcome to another week of The GoLink Show. My name is Ben, the host and founder of GoLink. GoLink is a supportive community of growth junkies and life learners embracing weekly challenges. Each week we find a new way to level up and learn something new. So it could be a cold shower, waking up at 5 a.m., a kind act, taking yourself on a date, journaling, meditating, various fitness activities, and much more. These challenges are inspired by mission-driven brands that align with our values. So if you're crazy like me and you love to level up and you're always looking for ways to evolve and grow and step into your fullest potential, then GoLink is just for you. Join us every week on social media to participate in these weekly challenges. Embrace the challenge with me at GoLink Group. The GoLink Show, this podcast, recounts experiences from life enthusiasts with a unique perspective. So they could be a mother, a teacher, business owner, coach, entrepreneur, somebody with many years of experience, or someone just stepping into their arena. Wherever they are in life's journey, we all have a story to tell. So we delve into the struggles that we come across during our journey. How do we find the will to make it through? What role does failure play in our lives? What tools and lessons have we learned from those difficult experiences? Let's talk about the process and not just the result. We discuss this and much more in the show. Thanks for tuning in. What's up, Grow Junkies? I decided to turn down the intro music because this this episode deserves a reverent introduction. Um, At only 12 years old, he found his dead mother in his basement, cold, blue, and stiff. She died from a drug addiction. On the phone with his dad, he told the young boy to shake and wake her. And to say that shaking your dead mother at age 12 changes you is an understatement. With so much hardship in his life, my man, Thaddeus Starziak, is one of the most loving people I have ever met. It'd be easy for him to give up and say the world is an evil, unforgiving, no good place. To the absolute contrary, he is a pillar of light, sending sonar waves of love to each person along his path. Thaddeus is an outstanding human. Truly, truly, and you will hear it in this conversation. Um, During the day, he's a personality on HGTV's Good Bones television show, goofy and carefree on screen, and then deeply emotional and intellectual in real life. In this conversation, we talk all about love, all definitions and forms that it comes in, how to love others and how to love ourselves, how to lovingly approach confrontation and have difficult conversations with those we care about, This conversation is rich, just rich with meaning and substance, and I encourage you to share this episode with someone. So as soon as it's over, make sure you send this episode to someone that you love so we can all love deeper and be the love that we want to change to heal everyone because we all want, we all want love. So enjoy this conversation. I don't need to say, I don't need to say any more. So here's my man, Thaddeus Starziak. Enjoy. Tab, my man, how we doing, dude? Doing real well. Uh, had a wonderful day at work, <laughs> and I'm glad you're in town and uh, yeah. getting to have this conversation. Um, I really am stoked to have this conversation, and we're not going to stay on the surface for very long. No, we're going to dive down <laughs> deep real quick. I know you're up for it. Um, you're someone that I know, one of the only people that I know besides me who writes a long ass post 
or caption almost oh, yeah. every single social media post. My sisters always tell me it's too long and no one's going to read it. I'm like, well, that's not the people I'm trying to reach. Exactly. I'm trying to get the people who are willing to read that mm-hmm. long ass post. Or they, yeah, for real though. Like, or if they don't read it, that's okay. Yeah, perfectly okay. Yeah. You know, you try to summarize it in the first few lines, but <laughs> for those who want the yeah. depth, you know, they'll, they'll read the full thing. Um, it's kind of like uh, if you want something bad enough, uh, you'll work really hard for it. So if you really want the knowledge, you'll read like throughout the whole thing to see if there's anything in there that could fit your life. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, some, some people skim. Um, I'm not one of those. I got, I got to write <laughs> the long post always. Yeah, dude. Well, let's jump into the, your philosophy. The let's jump in the deep end. Yeah. Um, and I think the best way to do that is before we get into kind of your life and philosophy though, Let's briefly talk about like what you do, because even what you do, yeah, in in your different. flesh shoot is still pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, my name is Thaddeus Starziak. I'm uh, recently turned 26, and I'm working on season five of Good Bones, which is a home uh, renovation show on HGTV yep. with my mom, uh, my earthly mother, uh, and my sister Mina. And uh, for the past 10 years, we've worked on remodeling and rehabbing homes on the south side of Indianapolis, revitalizing neighborhoods one house at a time. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we are in our fifth season right now of Good Bones, uh, really took off, and somehow my crazy ass got along <laughs> was along for the ride so and I'm, I'm really enjoying it and it's given me a platform it really has dude and that's what's cool about it because you're turning it into like you're utilizing it in the best way and for oh, you yeah. but like it's cool this like people wouldn't turn in like here's a dude demoing a house gonna talk about love, love right and, yeah. you know and like insecurity and vulnerability well, but that's and, what's cool. And on the show, you see this really goofy side of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really carefree, and it almost comes across as idiotic to some people <laughs> because yeah. it is so uh, free and the energy moves so quickly, and I'm not so worried about what people are thinking about me. Um, and then they get on my Facebook or they get on my Instagram and they're like, whoa, what's this? <laughs> yeah. What are these gold nuggets? Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll get fans from Belgium and Australia and Canada, uh, Rio, Rio de Janeiro, where they're mm-hmm. messaging me and saying, hey, what you wrote or that video it, you dude. posted uh, like caused me to like contact my dad you know is that a real story that's a real story wow dude that's that is a real story um i did an open mic night it was my first one ever where i kind of told the story of my self-love which i'll probably Mm -hmm. do here today too Mm -hmm. um and i recorded it and i put it online uh and it actually spoke to a few different people and i got some really good responses from it Mm. uh one of the things i say is uh I want uh, I want to sow love as long as I live, so others can reap it long after I'm gone. Yeah, leave the ripples. So I'm trying to create some huge waves that'll continue far out. Is that like your universe. mission statement? Did you make that up? That is like my mission statement. I love it. Will you repeat much. that? Yeah. So I'm here to sow love as long as I can, so those can reap it long after I'm gone. Mm. That's cool because it's like so intense, so intentional that it does it's like it's a ripple yeah on uh 
So, you know, your, your Facebook has like an algorithm for the things that pop up and I'm always mm -hmm. looking at this philosophical stuff. So that's mm -hmm. a lot of what I, I get on my feed. Uh, and one of them was, uh, talks about like um, the man who gets it understands when he plants a seed, he's not the one who's going to sit under the shade, mm -hmm. you know? And, and that's kind of the way I'm trying to rock it is the things I'm doing now, the things we all do now, uh, the tiniest of actions ripples mm -hmm. and it's continuous um and the better ripples we can make the tiny fraction of a better world we're creating mm -hmm. and those ripples affect other ripples and uh you get into all that energy stuff and you get real deep and existential <laughs> and yeah you try to figure out the universe do you ever do you ever like fear kind of like when you're planting your seed, do you ever step into a place of like fear because you're not going to see that like a place of lack or scarcity or are you, are you always like, because your mission statement is your mission and purpose is so clear that you're completely fine all the time with right. not re, not being under the, in the shade. Well, something when it comes to like planting the seed of love, um, and that meditation on love, you know, I am just a part of a huge body and everyone else I'm attempting to love as I love myself. So yeah, I think sometimes I do feel that lack, uh, for myself mm -hmm. that I'm giving so much and I'm maybe not going to be able to experience all of it, but then I try to correct that thought and say, but these people are me. Mm. They, they are also I and it's all just love, right? So me giving huh. love to them is also loving myself and nurturing myself. Hold on, explain that because yeah. for we gotta. That was that was tough there. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um, when you're trying to rewire mm -hmm. your brain to a new thought, mm -hmm. you have to have the awareness of when the thought you are saying airs. So, uh, for example, I believe love is love is not jealous. Let, let's say that. Um, so if I'm experiencing feelings of jealousy in my mm. mind, I think I'm jealous of Tony, you know, it's like, Oh, I noticed that thought. And then I go forth and I correct that thought and say, well, that's not how love acts. Right. Mm. So in the realm of me giving out love and me knowing that I might not receive it in the future in full, you know, that can create a feeling of, eh, not great. <laughs> yeah. But then I correct that thought and say, but to love them is to love me. Mm -hmm. To give love is nourishing to me. Um, the, I think the greatest gift is to give. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, a, I'm a giver. Mm -hmm. And uh, Are you a two on the Enneagram? Or I don't you know think you are? I am. I think, <laughs> I'm a, I think I'm a seven or a nine. No, I'm a nine. So you're a peacemaker. I'm a peacemaker. Mm-hmm. Which is, yeah, that's, that's funny. <laughs> I wasn't always that way. But, but it makes sense, right? I mean, peacemakers still want to obviously make peace in relationships and everywhere they go. Right. A hundred percent. And, um, that's, uh, you know, what, with the meditation on love, it seems like everything can branch out of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, like uh, the tendrils reach into everything. Um, so being a peacemaker, one of the things I learned from love is, confrontation is not bad. A lot of people think confrontation has a negative connotation. Hmm. Uh, but if something arises in me that doesn't sit well, like I'm really, really close to my older brother, William, and we've had a few instances 
where we can feel something's there and in between us. Mm -hmm. We're both aware of it. Um, and we're very willing to confront it. Uh, and this is like a sample speech that you just don't mm -hmm. hear people say, Hey brah, I, <laughs> I, I love you. Uh, but I feel like this thing in between us and it doesn't feel good. Is there something there that's bothering you or, Hey brother, I love you. And I'm suffering right now because there's a disconnect in our energy and there's something bothering me and I have to bring it to your attention. Dude, I love that. Holy cow. Yeah. We, we don't have those kind of conversations. Um, and it's, it's, it's been such a useful tool. Um, you know, in any relationship you have, um, you should, you should mm. try to get to the core of it as quickly as possible and understand that confrontation is just clearing the air. Really. Um, it's making space for more love, man. Yeah. Uh, th this past year, this has been one of my uh, revolving thoughts around my head, um, is all emotions, anger, sadness, irritation, great joy, grief, what, whatever it is, um, all emotions, and, and if you can disprove me, go for it, because <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to lock in this philosophical idea, and it, mm -hmm. it's good for it to be challenged. Yeah. Um, it all stems from a place of I care. Because when you're sad, you wouldn't be sad about it if you didn't care about it. Oh, you sure. wouldn't be angry if you didn't care. You wouldn't be irritated if you didn't care. You know, so um, one of the examples uh, I use in my mind and I share with people is, you know, let's say uh, you and I are fighting, okay? Mm -hmm. And you're angry at me and you say some hateful things. Um, and let's say it's because I'm drinking too much. Let's say what, that's what that is. Okay. And you're like, you need to stop this. Like... This is fucking stupid. And that's like what you're I, ruining your life. That's what I, I I'm coming, just telling you this. R right, you know, okay. like the conversation price starts pretty smooth, <laughs> and I'm like, dude, it's yeah. my life, it's cool, you know, I'm still <laughs> going to work. Yeah, uh -huh. but man, you missed work the other day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, I got it. But dude, you smell like alcohol, and it's like one mm -hmm. one p.m. in the afternoon. Dude, like back off, bro. This isn't fucking cool. Like you mm -hmm. need to pull your shit together. Mm-hmm. You know, so things start to get tense. Things start getting heated. Um, and we're justified to be angry. It's okay to be sad. Mm -hmm. um, my goal is to move through those emotions as quickly as I can. Um, so when it, when it comes to that anger, hold on, let me bring it back. <laughs> I love watching it, your mind work, dude. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's definitely. I can tell the gears, dude, are just turning. turning. Like, I can see it's almost like you're. I'm like turning. It's like a path. It's it, like you're a, like a sorcerer or like a. Pulling it out or what's something. What's like a matter? What is the, What are those people like bend matter? I don't know. Um, avatars? <laughs> yeah, like you're like avataring it. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, <laughs> like grabbing it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that anger comes from a place of I care. But. Uh, we have a hard time translating our thoughts into our words. That's the hardest for us. When we think, we don't think in words. Our thoughts just happen. Mm. So language is the technology we've used to bring our thoughts through to convey information to those around us and to ourselves about the world. And it's often misconstrued. Exactly. Because there's times, and I think anyone who's listening to this can relate, mm -hmm. there's been times where you've said, I love you, and it felt hollow. The words mm -hmm. could not capture the feeling that you had in your soul. 
or there's been times so you're saying it was so it's, you, you're ooh, you really are i, I can really see him am, dude. dude this stuff gets they're me transferring so over <laughs> so you're saying like you said i love you but it felt like it was much more than that right exactly or it's it. like if you've ever been in the deepest despairs of grief you know and, and someone says i'm sorry for your loss the words are hollow the words uh, they're not powerful enough or it feels just so much bigger and, and there's yeah. not words to convey it sometimes yes. it's the silence and feeling the energy that conveys it so much more um so as humans we are not very well trained on speaking our thoughts into words in a incredibly constructive manner um so you were angry at me yeah I was drinking too much. You care about me. You love me because I'm your friend. That's right. And you want me to be better, Uh but it got heated, right? So, and then we'll go back and we'll say, hey, man, Mm -hmm. I'm really sorry I yelled at you. I probably shouldn't have done it that way, but I'll say it's all right. And that's how a conversation mostly goes with most people because people want to have a scapegoat. They also want to be able to retaliate in that same kind of manner where it's not out of love. So... Mm -hmm bringing it to the point sorry about that <laughs> dude no you're good i love you're good like storytelling you always bring it back around though yeah and and bringing it back to the main point is a very constructive way to say something to someone who's drinking a lot it's my friend he's drinking a lot i want to be better um hey ben mm-hmm. i love you and i care about you and i've noticed that you're drinking a lot and it seems like you're suffering And when you suffer, I actually suffer too because I care deeply about you and I want you to have the best possibilities in your life. Mm. You come from this most inspiring place inside yourself. You sink down into that love you have for this person and you have to sink incredibly deep into the vulnerability of saying, I suffer when you suffer. Mm -hmm. Like that sounds like some, I don't know, like mushy, gushy, like tutu shit. Sounds like some Jesus. That's like what Jesus would say, bro. Right. anyone like anybody that. buddha jesus yeah. uh any person who has is moving towards that enlightenment mm-hmm. you know it's just like i see you suffering and when you suffer i suffer because yeah. we're the same <laughs> um, yeah but we don't know how to do that really dude that's a useful tool i love that you shared that and because i think people don't know how to express how they care because again it's back to what you're saying about we just don't know how to express it and to put it into words showing that, Hey, we still love you. We still care, but it comes off a lot of the time as anger or telling you or blaming you, Hey, you suck. Fix this. Right. Instead of, I love you and I'm suffering as well. Like what can, I just want to tell you this from a place of love. That's really yeah. cool. And so, where, where that like really stems from is like, my mom died of a drug addiction, and then mm. I had two sisters who are recovered heroin addicts. Dang. And I would get so angry with them. I'd try everything. You know, I'd try guilt tripping. You know, you're hurting me. You're making me sad. You're making me angry. You know, like, mom told me to watch out for you. I tried all these things, um, but never felt good about what I had tried. And then when I finally was able to come from the deepest spot inside of me and say, Jess, I love you. You're my little sister. And if anything happened to Mm -hmm. you, I don't know what I would do in this world. I want to see you succeed. And I want you to see my kids someday and then be cousins. Mm -hmm. And and then when you come from that spot, you know, she didn't change her actions immediately. But you know what I knew that I did? The best that I could. 
and there was peace there. I think the worst thing that we can have is, is regret. And when we have regret, it's because we didn't fully act in love, whether that's in love with the thing you want to do or in love with the person you're, you want to be with or in love with yourself enough to where you didn't try an idea because you were afraid of what people were going to think. I think if you are fully immersed in that love, Mm. it will lead you to a place and a mindset where you can't regret because you'll, you'll strive after it. Dude. Yeah, I love that, man. There's so many we could talk for hours. I know. So I'm trying to. Think it's like, there's like a semester <laughs> on each topic. That's the way it a feels semester. like. I love um, it. So talk about so you you've talked about your meditations on love. You've briefly mentioned it. Yeah. So is that do you just think about it every day? Do you sit down and actually close your eyes and breathe and think on it? Do you journal? What does meditating on love look like for you? Because I know that's a big thing for you. Right. Um, so the meditation on love, what that looks like for me, um, it's not very often sitting down and meditating. It, it is that sometimes, but the most is actually taking the things I've learned over the course of the past decade and trying to practice it, like mm. trying to become a professional athlete at love. I love, dude, I love that. That's um, dope. you know, one of the things <laughs> that I taught myself last year was patience love uh, contains all virtues. Patience is love. And I used to have terrible road rage. When I was in high school, I'd carry a paintball gun in my car. <laughs> no, I swear to God, <laughs> I did. And I would light people up with it if they got too crazy. Are you crazy. for real? You would actually shoot an, their car? Oh, brother, I was an awful, awful <laughs> teenager. Very misguided. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, I had a bad case of road rage. Um, I mean, that only lasted like two years. And then I was like, I can't do that. That's not a real thing. Um, but then it, it, it was just that rewiring. It's, mm. it's that correction of thought that you have in Buddhism. You know, you have like mm. this eightfold path, right action, right thought, uh, right words. Um, and I'd be driving along and someone would cut me off. And then you can, it's amazing how our minds immediately create a story about what just happened. Yes. How dare they get in front of me? Like I'm trying to get somewhere. I need to be in the fast lane. And it's letting go of all of that. Mm. You know, someone cuts in front. It's like, okay, just let it be that. Why does it have to be so much more than that? Like one of mm. a, a, a phrase I uh, coined was emotional purchase. So I'm in control. We are all in control of our own emotional well-being. I'm going to say it one more time. Uh-huh. We are all in control uh-huh. of our own emotional well-being. Mm-hmm. And when we choose to give our emotions to someone, I say that they have purchased it from us. Hmm. So this person driving in front of me who I don't know cut me off. And now for the next 30 minutes, I'm going to foam at the mouth, pissed about it. And I'm going to drag it through my day because I let this random person I didn't know affect my life. So, so much. I gave them that much of my emotional stability. Nah, bro. (laughs) And and when you learn to guard yourself against these uh, mm. energy vampires, um, that you are really in charge of, you know, it can only suck your energy if you let it mm-hmm. right. You, you have all this other energy to do the things you want to do in life, work on, uh, that new book you're trying to write, you know, mm-hmm. start that company you want to write because you're dropping off, you're cutting off the fat of so many things that drain you that you don't need anymore. Um, and you know, 
not feeling road rage. I mean, if you felt road rage 20 minutes a week, uh, every week for 50 years, you know, that's days of your time that you've spent angry in road rage. And if you believe, I, I think that stuff can cause illness, man. Oh, for sure. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, one of the, one of the things I've thought about a lot, um, like I'll speak, I'll try to speak on for a minute is, um, words are power. Words are like a Harry Potter spell. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to walk you through my thought here. So again, we have our thoughts contains everything that we could ever wonder, but it's, it's not filtered into words yet. So when I speak to you, Ben, mm-hmm. it's a vibration. It's a sound wave that then hits your ears and you take it in and then you process it. If I say, Ben, you're a complete asshole. <laughs> and we had known each other for a long time uh-huh. and I was really mad. That sound wave would hit your ears. It would go into your brain and it would chemically change something. Yeah. You know, so as, as a child, um, and let me preface this. I love my father to death. Mm-hmm. Uh, the great thing I think everyone should feel gratitude for about their parents is they show you exactly what you want to be and what you don't want to be. And you should be equally grateful for both. I, ooh, I like that. And growing up, my father would always uh, negatively, negatively reinforce me. You're not going to be anything. You're going to grow up and go to prison. You play too many video games. You're going to be a fucking fat couch potato. Mm. You're going to go to jail. You're going to do drugs just like your cousin Stacy. And it was time and time after again. And when we let people speak that into us, you know, what happens is it goes in. It chemically reacts. I go into my fight or flight system. So then when you, when you're, when you go into fight or flight, um, your cells divide faster. So when your cells divide faster, um, in your DNA, you have these caps at the end of your DNA called telomeres. Mm-hmm. And when those telomeres get cut, as they do with each division, more and more of that telomere falls off. And one of the biggest reasons we age is because eventually those caps disappear and it starts just cutting into our DNA uh, upon cellular division. So the years that you spend stressed and angry and holding that stuff is speeding it up. So when it's just as simple as someone over time speaking negative things into your life mm-hmm. and you re- and you allowing it to be received, the words are so powerful that they're killing you. They're taking away your time on this physical plane of existence. And then this is a crazy thing. And it, and it always makes me think of Harry Potter. It's like, so those negative words, that's the, what's the spell called? The one that kills people. Avada Kedavra or something. Uh, Avada Kedavra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Avada Kedavra. You know, <laughs> that's that negative words. But when you become aware enough, you see those words. You see that energy coming almost in a tangible way, and you know it's meant to hurt you. Mm. If I were to reach out to punch you in slow motion, you wouldn't let me punch you, right? <laughs> if you knew I was about to punch you, you would do your best to avoid it. Yes. But so often, mm. we just take the punches. We don't sidestep the energy. We take it and it lands in us. Mm. It's not like electricity where it should just find its spot. Okay, you threw that energy at my face with your voice. Now it's going to go through me. It's going to go under the ground and I have no part in it. You know, and that's the thing. Like we have the ability to dissipate that energy to say if we practice enough self-awareness. No, this is who I am. 
Oh, my dad's saying I'm going to be like this. Okay, but I know the truth about myself. My dad's upset right now. He's being irrational. Somewhere in this, my dad's telling me this because he cares. Nobody would talk to me about anything unless they cared about something that they were saying to me. Dude, okay, hold on. We got we to gotta stay right there for a second. And then yeah. I, I want to get into, because of where you are, of your loving mindset and heart set and soul set is impressive based on your upbringing, right? Kind of what you just touched yeah. on. But let's delve into that. Someone's, let's just use your dad as an example. Yeah. Someone's, like him telling you you're never going to be good enough, you're not going to be anything. That's a place of care. So why? That's a place of care because my dad is a product of the things that have happened in his life. I He is not, to a degree, to the degree to which he can understand himself, he is responsible for the way he says things. So my dad is 71 right now. And he'll still say things like this sometimes. Or like, are you psycho? Because this is the way his parents treated him. Yes. And people will be angry. They'll say really hurtful things because they don't know how to express the love. But at the base of it, it's still love. It's still I care. This person just doesn't know how to say it very well. You know, so it's like, and this is the thing. I had to learn about my father because after my mom died, mm-hmm. my father was all I had left. And he, his punches used to land on me all the time emotionally. It would, it would knock me over time and time again. But I said, this is my only parent I have left. I want to have a relationship with this man. So I had to learn to disempower his words. When he'd call and he'd start yelling, hey, dad, I love you, but this isn't the conversation I'm going to have with you. You said that to him? Yeah. How old were you when that started? About 17. That's impressive, bro. Yeah. I'd always, I would cry to my mom when she was still alive about why my dad couldn't be different. And I wish he would change. Mm-hmm. And then after my mom passed about my freshman year, my brother William said, can you just love dad for who he is and be who you are and let that be okay. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I started letting that be okay. I started saying, no, this actually has nothing to do with me. This has something to do with him. <laughs> yep. And the thing is, whenever he gets into those places, I go to this really happy place where it's like, I'm going to miss this. I'm going to miss someday wow. you you yelling and, and screaming. I'm going to miss your face. I'm going to miss the sound of your voice. You know, like, and I'll go to this happy place of, I mean, I remember being six or seven years old. And one of the most constant things I could ever find was going outside on the back porch at 6, 7 a.m. And my dad's out there reading the newspaper drinking mm-hmm. coffee, whistling with the birds. Hmm. And that's where I go. And everything's okay. And, and I'm, not, I'm not feeling any of that negativity. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I just get to love the man. And it's good practice, right? That's great practice. It's, it, it's great practice. And <laughs> yeah. he's gotten so much better. Um, and I want to touch on that, about Dude, how, I, how I think people get better um, or how we affect change. Because one of the things... People say is like, you know, you can't change anyone, you know, uh, they have to, they have to want to change. Yes. And so while meditating on this love and coming from this place of I care, um, I thought a lot about like Buddha and, and mainly Jesus. Cause I grew up Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very spiritual now. I think you can find truth wherever you look, but, um, I, I, I look at Jesus a lot and, um, 
when people met Jesus and said, I am this, I'm a prostitute, I'm a tax collector, you know, I killed someone, whatever it was, um, Jesus never spoke words against them about it. He said, that's cool, follow me. You know, so with my father, instead of actively trying to change this man, I just mm. kept working on my internal light, working on it, trying to make it shine more vibrant and vibrant. And I promise you, man, like there's times I walk into a room and mm -hmm. people know I am there because mm. of the energy with which I bring. Mm -hmm. And people will shake my hand and say, what's going on, man? <laughs> and it's different. I love it, dude. And that's an uh -huh. energy we can all cultivate and we can all create in our lives that affect it affects the world. It affects everything we pass and the people we walk by on the street. I love filling people out with infectious smiles. I walk people and I next to people and I try to throw off this like sonar wave. I think about it. And it's yeah. Like, and I, I've done it with my father because I focused on, well, what does love look like? Love's patient. Love is kind. Mm -hmm. Love forgives. And you know, whenever my father says some wild stuff, it's like, well, first, because I know from self-love, okay, he shouldn't talk to me like this. Hey, Dad, I love you. When you're ready to have a better conversation, let's talk then. Mm. Or, hey, Dad, I love you. I don't want to argue with you, with you right now. I know maybe I'm not explaining this super well. Like, I'm, I'm driving or I got a lot of stuff going yeah. on. Like, let's try to have this conversation another time. Um, and my relationship with him just year after year has gotten better and better. That's cool, dude, that you're looking at that improvement. And... What I want to not necessarily challenge, but clarify is because what you're talking about is not just because it is unconditional love, but at the same time, well, Ooh, I know. Right. Cause you think, I know we'll talk about how yeah. love is just love, right? Yeah. Like, however, <laughs> as far as the masses, yep. they understand as unconditional and however, when does it, come where it's just so unhealthy mm -hmm. because you're still like, you know, like you right. say like, Hey, I don't want to talk about this right now or like drawing those boundaries. So what are your experiences of like cutting off a relationship and still loving that person? Yeah. Um, I think the, the example that, yeah, that came to my head pretty quick was mm -hmm. my, one of my really good friends, Fafi Banda. Uh, mm -hmm. We were best friends for about nine, ten years. Uh, we started out eighth grade conditioning together. Um, and then I've been best friends through high school, through college. Um, and then this past uh, year and a half, mm -hmm. um, you could feel this mm, ball of negativity in between us. Um where it, I want to be accurate here because he's not the only one at fault. I am too. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to say, you know, he did this and I, and I, mm -hmm. th so there's one moment in, in particular where like he became my roommate. Um, and he just would never like throw away his trash or he would never take out the trash mm -hmm. uh, or change it. So he had like stacked the trash, like, literally a foot and a half high off the trash can. I took that pile of trash and I set it right on his bed <laughs> to remind him. Yeah. And he took it and he threw it in my room. And then I went back into his room, took it, threw it in his room and then stepped towards him. Like I was like, I was going to hit him. Dang bro. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and I, I calmed down. We'd both calmed down. We took a minute, uh, came back. We met, uh, we talked about it. Seemed, seemed squashed. Um, but then things kept happening where something exciting would be happening for me. Uh, and he wasn't excited with me for it. Um, and we would try to do things together. Like we'd go to like hot yoga or something and Mm -hmm. he wouldn't stay accountable. And then when I try to keep him accountable, um, I just was the one friend he couldn't hear things from. Mm. And I could tell when I tried to tell him these things, it wasn't always, it wasn't always from a good place. Mm. Because I let what he was feeling also leak into the way I was feeling and the message I was trying to convey. Um, So that became a relationship where I didn't know exactly how to fix it. And I could tell neither one of us were benefiting from it. So Mm -hmm. we had to step away from each other. Uh, And did you say, like, like, hey, dude, we're going to step away or did it just naturally fizzle? Um, no, it kind of had a pretty bad climax, um, where like he had moved out. He had been gone for like eight months and he owed me some money and I had his TV still (laughs) and I was super petty. I'm like, well, until I get that money, you're not getting your TV. He's like, well, I'll just call the police. I was like, all right, dude, come get your TV. And, uh, he was just saying some awful things, Mm -hmm. um, over the phone to me about the type of friend I was and, Mm -hmm. um, and I confronted him. I was like, do you really feel that way, man? Like, I don't feel that way about you. I love you. Like, uh, I think we almost frayed the entire relationship. Like, it's mm-hmm. almost cut clean. We probably need to take a break. Uh, and we did. Uh, and it turns out we just were both evolving in different directions. Mm-hmm. Uh, we spent about five months apart. And then uh, Foppy and I share uh, a mutual best friend, Larry. Mm-hmm. We all went to Bonnaroo together. And we had a really, really great time at Bonnaroo. Mm-hmm. Wonderful time. Uh, and we hang out here and there. And actually, that separation was able to make us appreciate each other more. Uh, we're not as close as we used to be. But it also seemed like we both used each other as a crutch of some sort of comfort. I always wanted to go out and party. And I'd always ask him to go. Mm. So he'd go with me so I didn't have to do it alone. Mm. So... That's yeah. That's that's a lot there. But, but no, because that's but, I think. And that's but that's real life, right? Is <clears throat> to bring that up because someone's probably thinking like like I was like, okay, Ted, like I get it. Let's let's all be like Jesus. Like let's love when it's hard. Right. However, there's times you get beat. Yeah. There's there. Oh my gosh, when when someone gets me to like lose my shit and go <laughs> off, like afterwards, and I bring it back, like. If I see that person again, I, I like let him know. I was like, you're good. You got, you got me good. <laughs> yeah. You know, I try to find this humorous part of it where uh-huh. it's like, oh, wow, I, I gave you that control. Like, mm. you really got me good. Um, mm. And that's the tough thing, man. Is Well, you, what you said before, it's a practice. It's a practice. And it's never you have perfect. good practices. Well, depend. You have whatever. Your practices differ. Right. Day to day, you know. It, exactly. And, and the thing is, I... Um, I relate it to like lifting weights. You know, if, if you want a physical six pack, there's X, Y, and Z you have to do to get that physical six pack. Mm-hmm. There's things you have to do to get a mental six pack. Dude, dude, but I want to, that's you, cool. I love that. That's what your book should be called. Right. The spiritual six pack. <laughs> right. The spiritual six pack. I like that. I like that. Yeah. And, um, and that spiritual six pack, 
you know, <laughs> you, you never know when those reps are coming. Mm. So it's like when I'd be driving and someone cut in front of me, it's like, Oh, this is my chance to lift that rep. Can I hit that rep? Mm. You know, and you're going for new PRs where someone totally like loses it. their shit on you and you can stand there and, and be calm in the face of it. You know, when, when negativity strikes, the way I literally picture it is it, it goes through me. It's like I become like a ghost and it just like, that. it doesn't hit me. Have you read The Untethered Soul? I have not. Uh, that's, you would like it um, just because that's essentially what it talks about is because if you do hold on to that thing and don't let it pass through, it just keeps like he, he uses an example in the book about like an ex-girlfriend and the car she's driving I've done this for sure, where you see the car, the same exact car, yeah, and you look in the car, like, and then you see like a dude and a girl, and you're like, what the hell? And of course, it's like there's so many cars like that, right? You know, and it's just like it's you're not letting it pass through because every time you see that car, it's just a block that keeps affecting you. A hundred percent agree, mm-hmm. and I, I think part of that is like we don't slow down our minds. I went to this thing called uh, Landmark Forum. Um, this was one of the more influential things that helped shape my mind. Uh, and the climax of this uh, like four-day, 12-hour um, days in a classroom was we're meaning-making machines, and we don't know how to stop making meaning out of things. Huh. Ben, why do I like chocolate ice cream? That's good. See, that's a meaning, right? Um, and that's what they would point out to us was, yeah. I like chocolate ice cream because I like chocolate ice cream. If we were in the hallway and we saw mm. some guy flick a girl, you might be like, oh, he's flirting with her. I mean, be like, oh, he's like bullying her. Yeah. Like we're always creating all these meanings about things. And we, we never just sit silently and just let things be. For real, though, Just man. let it. I was doing that. All, I am. That is my test this year that I'm going through is meaning and ruminating and overthinking because I've been such a chill person my entire life. I was really good at letting things be and letting things go until this year. I've experienced a ton of change, which I asked for, right? literally, and I'm grateful for it. Like I know, you know, it's like molding me and I look at it like reps too. It doesn't mean it's easy. No, Like it's still painful. I'm still sweating through it. But that's my test this year is for sure meaning, trusting, letting go oh man that those are my tests yeah it's like you you look at it you feel it but that's not you you're not those Mm -hmm. things um you know my lesson with that was like uh was was sadness Mm -hmm. was like and this goes for i think a lot of people sadness or anger whatever emotion you let turn sour you know, you can have anger and then that anger turns into either like violence or resentment or regret or like you become like a stone, right? So it's like okay to hang out in these places where you don't feel good, but then there's like a moment where you've been hanging out there too long. And mm-hmm. I think the best example is like when we feel sadness. We'll feel sad and that's okay, but then we sink into self-pity yeah. and that's where we destroy ourselves. You know, it's like we start victimizing ourselves on one of those ends. So it's like, like when you're really stressed out because you're mm-hmm. trying to do something different, mm-hmm. you know, it is challenging. It's like one of the things I would encourage is like when you're there mm-hmm. 
and you're feeling all these different things. It's like, can I do it? Will I make it? Like it gives me goosebumps when, I, when <laughs> I'm about to voice this. It's like, yeah. that's you feeling the raw edge of life. Yeah. You on the cusp of trying to manifest a thought into action and, and bring something into the world. And when we do that, there is struggle. There is hardship, but mm -hmm. that's the fucking great part about <laughs> being alive Yeah, is, is riding those waves. Mm -hmm. Cause if everything was easy, there'd be nothing great. It is because we have rode the waves that life is so good and it's so sweet. You know, mm -hmm. the greatest joy would mean nothing if you haven't had the deepest sorrow, mm -hmm. you know? And, and uh, that's but, yeah, no, I was going to say like, I totally agree, but dude, there's a lot of people. And for me again, I, I've like kind of, I've, prided you know or i was proud of myself whatever that of my level-headedness like being yeah. even killed this year i've experienced the highs and the lows for the first time in my life and but like at the same time dude it's throw it's throwing me but i completely agree with you yeah that like it's not easy and it's just funny like we can we always avoid it even yeah. though like everyone would raise their hand if we asked hey like raise your hand if you've like gone through something like incredible suffering. Everybody raises their hand. Right. And then, okay, keep your hand up. If you learned an incredibly valuable lesson, people, most people would probably keep their hand up. Yep. So why do we avoid it? The first thought is it's a shallow one. It's in our nature. Mm -hmm. I don't know. No, it's not our original nature because as a kid, we're not that way. Hmm. Um, I definitely learned that suffering is our greatest teacher. Struggling is our greatest uh, helper along the path of life. But we avoid it because it, it, it's hard to be in those tough places. It's hard to be unsure. Chaos and order. Mm -hmm. You know, it, order is I wake up every morning, I put on my shoes where they are, and I go to the coffee shop and I get my coffee and I go do my rounds, my job site, and everything's cool. Yeah. And we love order. We love stability. Chaos is you go to put on your shoes, and you put on your shoes, and you go to grab your uh, business jacket, and you realize your dog ripped it up. Now you, you're out of stability. You're mm. into chaos. Yeah. And people are afraid to be in chaos because they're worried about what people think. Can they do it? You know, we are, we are our own biggest self-obstacle. Um, and I think the most important thing to remember though, is, uh, everyone's feeling that way. Everyone. I remember reading somewhere. It's like whatever emotion you or I have felt, uh, we're not special because we've had that emotion because someone surely over time <laughs> has also had that yeah. emotion and we're all scared. One of the things I like telling people is like, we're all humans who exist. We're here. We've answered incredible questions about the universe. But one of the things we still don't know, know is why we exist. What's our purpose? Why am I here? Yeah. Why are you here? And none of us know. But while we all suffer so much and we go through so much hardship, we find this, this there's this intrinsic thing we wake up with each morning called hope that tomorrow can be better. And we find people around us who we love and we care for and we form these connections and we create this life and we live it trying to find this fulfillment in 
this space we don't know why we exist before we enter the void. Mm. And that's that's so fucking tough. Sorry, <laughs> I curse a lot. No, you're good, my dude. But Be um, you. It, 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 it is tough to have that existence. Um, so people play it safe. Mm-hmm. Because they got a space between the hyphens, and to them, safe is better than trying to live it all out. Dude, like 99.9% of people, I believe, most of the time play it safe. Like, they're, The majority of people mm-hmm. are... Yeah, they play it incredibly safe. Because um, it's comfortable and we know we yeah. can control it. Well, and there's there's so many people who like the topics of conversation we're talking about right now, mm-hmm. They, they have, their minds haven't even touched here, you know, because there, there are people who are, are struggling. So like in the areas that we renovate, you know, in these neighborhoods, uh, it's poverty stricken. It's drug stricken. You know, and there's not like time to sit back and like cultivate no. these thoughts of they're you worrying know, about food and exactly. shelter. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's so many people who don't even get to think about this because they're worried about other things. Um, and so as someone who gets to think about this and like luckily had an upbringing that cultivated these kind of yeah. thoughts, like uh, I get to change shit. That's what I get to do. Mm-hmm. I get to be the biggest change in the world that I can be. And, um, bringing it all the way back, it's like, I, I'm not someone who I'm not incredibly talented at anything. It's, it's literally my love and my optimism, my ability to flip something on its head and pull it out. And, you know, I didn't know what I was going to do career wise with life, had no idea, but I just kept trusting that I'm going to meditate on love and it's going to take care of it. Hmm. And now it's season five of good bones. And there's been commercials and I've been on two other shows Mm -hmm. and I'm getting these brand deals and my social media is growing. Mm -hmm. And with that, my ability to reach other people. And it like, it's one of those things that tear jerks me because I trusted in something so much and it was always put there Mm -hmm. to take care of me Mm. and to see it feeding me. And then I get to feed it back and I get to speak love into people's lives um, on a grand scale, you know, because I was that little boy who suffered, who didn't have anyone Mm -hmm. or felt that way. And now, like, I focused on love. I felt like the universe told me to do this. And somehow I wind up on this show with a platform that's growing where I can start making that difference in people's lives like I wanted to. Ever since I was, like, 14, 15, I said, I want to be that love that mm. I didn't have. I want to love the strangers like my mother loved me. And it, it's it's just so immensely powerful. Mm-hmm. And our universe is so alive. And it, it's just as real as Middle Earth or Narnia. Like <laughs> We it. all have this magnetism, yeah. this energy that we cultivate and we can feel. And it's just trying to practice that awareness of bringing it in. And sitting there in the silence and realizing you are one of the small cogs that make the universe work, but you're just as infinitely important as any other cog. (sighs) (laughs) That was a existential orgasm. (laughs) (laughs) I feel better now. (laughs) All right, Todd, just go to roll over and go to (laughs) sleep. (laughs) You got some tissue (laughs) paper? That's funny, man. But dude, I can vouch um, for the the little your your tears, dude. Your eyes got watery, and that's cool, man. Like I love it. 
like I can I mean we barely know each other but I'm happy that that I know know yeah. you and like I get to like see you and like whether it's like spiritually energetically and watch your path and you you change right like because like I'm the same thing like cuz me and you and so many other people we do have the privilege yeah. that those people in the neighborhood don't have so to me it's my duty yeah like it's my obligation like if i'm not like i quit my nine to five two and a half weeks ago like if i'm not in indie right now then then i'm not living to like my potential of like even though it's like yeah like i'm passionate about it too man like let's let's start to wrap this up of i love how you talked about yeah well one one of the things I, I want to mm-hmm. bring in is so like we've talked, um, you know, at, at a large extent about love and mm-hmm. I, I know in the past I've talked to people about this and what they come back with is it's not easy. Oh, and sure. I just, I just want to express to everyone like this isn't easy. You know, this is something I've worked on for a decade. You know, so it's like yeah. you're not going to make these changes overnight. Like it's taken a decade to rewire my brain and it's just like your physical body. That's right. You know, baby. so for those of you who are listening, you know, like this isn't something that's easy to attain, but anything great worth having never came easy. Exactly. And the tear jerking freedom you'll experience when you've rewired and retrained your mind to be optimistic and come from mm-hmm. a place of love will empower you to live such a fulfilling life and that love will guide mm. you and decisions become easier and pathways become um, better to walk down. But All dude, of that. I love it, man. Yeah. And oh, so let's talk about your upbringing, man. Cause I, yeah. because you're 26, but you were at a young age, you were, this is your path. And I think you believe that too, you know, mm-hmm. of for your mission and your purpose. Yeah. Right. That your mom died when you were 12 and then you started had to practice what you're talking about. Yeah. I'll, so yeah. Talk about kind of, cause I'll you give a some quick, tra- yeah, some trauma. The synopsis. Yeah. I'll do a quick bullet point of the life for everyone. <laughs> I can't, I'm not going to go too in depth. Yeah. Um, but so, uh, three years old, Mom and dad get divorced. Mm-hmm. Um, they had myself and my younger sister, Jessica. Mom marries my stepdad, Lenny. Um, 10 to 12, parents fight for custody. Uh, my mom wins full custody. About a month later, my mom dies of a drug addiction. Um, and I find her in our basement, cold, blue, and stiff. And like, See, and you find her. Yeah, exactly. And Ugh. I remember being on the phone with my father telling me to shake her and wake her. So like shaking. So a stiff, cold blue person, who's your mother dude n- to, for them never to wake up again. Um, hmm. your whole world just crashes. Yeah. And then I move in with my father. My father's not really around. Mm-hmm. Um, I, for two years spent stayed in just the deepest depression. Just felt like I had no kid. one. Yeah. Just a kid with, with just no idea how to get out of that tunnel. And I, I feel so, uh, every once in a while it works me up to ever think I was that little boy who, 
uh, was looking for love so much and, and couldn't find it anywhere. Um, and then my brother William pulls me out. Uh, my most life-changing event, I go to Awakening Souls, a uh, retreat run by Brahmatrinis, Hindu monks and nuns. These strangers uh, cradle me on one of the days and they break through my shell and these strangers give mm. me a place to heal the most aching parts of myself. And I didn't know them. And that's what changed me so much was these people I didn't know for more than a week loved me in a way that people around me couldn't love me. And it healed the worst, worst parts of myself that were hurting so bad that were just screaming for love. And then uh, during that time, you know, my mom's sister dies. My best friend, Benilo, he has a heart rhythm. He dies in the shower. Grandma yeah. dies. My older sister almost dies. My sisters become drug addicts. Um, it's all kinds of stuff going on. And in high school, freshman, sophomore year, I'm a badass football player. Ego problem. Uh, junior, senior year, I'm looking for truth, but I find it in religion. And I'm absorbed in... Uh, religious superiority. I need. I still needed some some part of the ego to say I was better than other mm -hmm. people. Uh, college, <laughs> take seven grams of mushrooms and my life changes, and I get the answer that it's all love, and everything dissipate dissipated after that. I cared a lot about gay marriage because of the Catholic Church. Didn't care anymore. Didn't 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 care about man being with man, woman being with woman. You can do whatever they want. Like, if you want to love somebody, why can't you just love somebody? Mm -hmm. It's so wild that that was ever a controversial <laughs> thought for me. Um, and it was letting mm -hmm. go of the ego. And then it was a meditation. Just started looking at love. Love is the answer to everything. If you focus on love and you follow that path, uh, it becomes a mindset. And you will function from that mindset of love, and your life will rearrange itself to the things that are actually important. And you'll feel fulfilled. And it's like life becomes like this warm blanket. Mm. And even when really hard things hit, it's like your blanket's got airbags in it. And it <laughs> rejects about 80% of that pain um, mm -hmm. because you've learned so much from love. <sighs> <laughs> You're a good dude, man. Like, I, even though you said that's a bullet, pit, a bullet point, yeah. like, it's not to you, right? No. To everyone else, we can't understand that. Right but I want to acknowledge how far you've come from that. Right. Like for real, dude, like that's what I love to touch on in these conversations is not just to breeze over it. Right. It's like, really like just let it sit. Like everyone rewind that and listen to what Tad has gone through. Like, you know, I don't like to compare traumas. I'm sure someone's gone through something worse or I definitely haven't gone through anything close to that, but it's, you can feel because we're one like you like you yeah. said right like we're the same well, and for you to have as much love and practice what you're doing and have the mission to come out where you are um it's pretty incredible dude and you're an awesome example i appreciate that brother mm -hmm. greatly thank you very much dude we're gonna start freaking crying okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> i love it though all right so i have a segment in the show that's called scroll my soul Okay. And so what that means is I keep a long list on my phone that goes into my computer and it's just through conversations, podcasts, books, thoughts, just kind of trying to be my own philosopher. And so I just keep a list of notes and then I read it to you. I randomly scroll and then I pick on something 
and then I just want to hear what it makes you think of, how you resonate with it, just anything that comes to mind once I read it. Okay. Cool. So the thing I stopped on is when someone calls you crazy, that means you're headed in the right direction. Um, my first thought was uh, when someone calls me crazy, I analyze it for truth. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of like, like cause I think it's, I thought of it in a negative uh-huh. connotation um, at first. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So you analyze it for truth, see if mm. it's there. Um, and then acknowledge that truth or disacknowledge it if it's not true and move mm-hmm. on. Um, but I, like I also, it. yeah, twist. also, uh-huh. uh, well, listening to the second part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Someone calls you crazy. Uh, you're living above, uh, the box limitations they put themselves in. So mm-hmm. you're on another realm of possibility. So yes, it is a positive thing. Well, I read in one of your posts, right. Of someone, one of your friends called you different. Yes. But we're all different. So technically we're the same, we're the same. Yeah. But wouldn't you rather be different? You know, so can you ex- explain that? Yeah. So there's a Buddhist proverb where, uh, these boys are laughing at another kid, uh, because he's different than them. And the kid looks back and he laughs back at them, uh, cause they're the same. I love um, that dude. Like they're laughing at him because he's different, but then the kid laughs at them because they're the same. Yeah. I love that. So, much. so <laughs> the thing is you as Ben, uh-huh. I as Thaddeus, uh, and everyone here who's listening, you are the only you that will ever exist in the entire perpetuity, perpetuity, uh, per- 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 perpetuity <laughs> of the universe. You are the only one that will ever exist. That is you. And if you do not keep yourself unique and if you do not keep yourself authentic, the universe will miss out on the ripples that only you could create. Mm. The world will know you less if you know yourself less in this world and don't. Uh, try to become more and more aware of your authentic self. So don't let the world lose out on you because you are something incredibly special because there's not another one of you. For real though, dude. Like really, there's no, in the billions of people that have existed, there's only yeah. one you. Only one. Uh, there's a quote. It's like there's vitality. There's a there's a quickening um of a source that is only you. And if you do not share your one expression, the, the universe will go without it, you know? And there are people who live like that. Mm-hmm. They'll go their whole life. Like think about a lot of baby boomers, you know, they just went to high school, got a job, had a family, worked a career, yeah. got good benefits, retired, went and hung out in Florida, died. <laughs> Well, because it's like, it's what they knew. Exactly. You know, and like me and you, like we're more awake and hopefully, you know, younger yes. people can be more and more awake. But I like, think that's happening. I think that is happening. Yeah. Like, but dude, like we get to make these choices that a lot, of, again, more privilege that like to take advantage of. Right. That, yeah, like we have like this to me, the best era like we can reach well, people with the internet. You, you know? said you're 28, right? Yeah. 91, 90? 90. I, so I, I'm going to be writing a post here soon about us as mm-hmm. millennials. I think we're going to be the most revolutionary uh, generation for a long time. Mm. I think we've seen the technology, but we're yearning for the spiritual. We can have anything we want, but so many of us want to be minimalists. That's true. Uh, we've created technology that can answer so many questions, but we're, we're now once again wondering what's the meaning of life. And we're mm. getting in vans and we're trying to follow our dreams yeah. and make a difference. It's that and duality and the gray that we're playing in. You, yes. like we can do both. Yeah. hundred percent. Which I, I totally believe that. Like you don't have to be just one thing. No, you can be all of it. 
or you can go do this oh, and then do gosh. that, you know? When you say that, it makes me want to delve into like multi uh, duplicities of self and Frederick <laughs> Nietzsche, but I probably don't have time for that. Dude, we don't have time for Nietzsche, man. <laughs> uh, I know. that That is some good stuff. <laughs> well, dude, is there anything else on your heart that you want to speak on right now? Anything else on my heart? Give me a moment. Give me like 10 seconds to think of it. Dude, you got it. Yeah, just I I would like to like leave a message for like the listeners. Do it, my man. Um, first off, I just want to thank you guys all for for listening. Mm-hmm. Um, and like whatever it is in life, uh, you're gonna be okay. We all have this intrinsic hope that things can be better tomorrow, and they can be. It's not easy though. Um, and when you're going through your day and you feel down. Know that there's someone in Indianapolis, Indiana, who <laughs> loves you so much and is proud of you and wants you to kill it. And although I, I have never met you before, I <laughs> wish you all the happiness that you can muster in your life. And I hope it's fulfilled. And, it, it, and it's just a joyful, uh, joyful, joyful existence. And maybe we'll meet in the afterlife. Dude. Mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well said. Where can where do you want people to f- to find you to learn more about your mission, your purpose? Yeah, so journey. Um, you can find me on Instagram at t starziak, t s t a r s i a k one eight. It's a good Polish last name, Starziak. <laughs> um, that's my Instagram. You can find me uh, on Facebook at Tad Starziak. Um, and if you guys just want to kind of see me uh, be my goofy self, if this was a little bit too deep, uh, <laughs> check me out on uh, HGTV, um, HGTV Go, Hulu, Amazon Prime. Um, I think there's a few other ones, but those are the main ones you can find me on. So, yeah, come find me. Let's uh, let's talk about love. Let's learn from each other uh, and, and become better people for the world. I love it, man. You're such a good dude, man. Thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. You're Mm -hmm. doing an incredible thing. I wish you all the best. You're going to do wonderful uh, and just keep manifesting those things you want to bring into existence and they'll happen. You know, my brother. Adios. Peace, bruh. All right, girl junkies. I hope you loved that episode as much as I did. That was awesome. Make sure you go follow Thaddeus on Instagram. Click the link. It's in the description so you can go check him out, follow him, so you can read his long posts, his meaningful posts to gain his insight. His philosophy is on point. So go follow him. And if you love this episode, make sure you go leave a review on iTunes. I would appreciate it so, so much. And make sure, share this with someone you love. Really, I'm going to send this personally, not just to the email list, but sending it to people that I know can benefit from it because this really was a meaningful, impactful conversation, especially for this time of the year. So make sure you go do that. And this week's challenge is inspired by my dude, Thaddeus. Your challenge is to treat everyone as someone you love deeply. Carry intent with each interaction. Listen intently. Care deeply. Whether it's a parent, a sibling, partner, close friend, a strange lover, or a new connection, care for them deeply. Empathize. Get excited to see them. Forgive and open up. Just for this week, turn that love meter to the maximum with every person you interact with. Picture yourself sending invisible waves of love into them. When you're looking them in the eye, send those waves. 
strangers, enemies, and all. You don't even have to see them or come in contact with them to try it. You can just meditate and think about sending someone love. And I would really love what, like experiment with this and try it out and see what happens. Follow us on social media. So follow me at Golink Group and follow Thaddeus at T Starziak 18. And we want to know if and what, you know, when something cool happens. So when you try this experiment of treating everyone as someone that you love deeply, tag us in your stories and let us know what happens. So hit us up. We want to know how this experiment goes. Um, it's perfect for this time of the time of the year and try it out. So thank you all for listening. You are the bomb. You are love. You just, you existing, you listening just by you existing, you are purpose. You are love. Really? I love you. I love you. I love you. Hear that. Um, please let me know if you ever need anything. Cause remember if it's anyone, it's you. If it's any time, it's now. I really do love you. Have an amazing week. My name is Ben. This is The Golink Show. Have an awesome day.